life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Aren't you just stepping on a plane to fly to L.A. and buy yourself a new car? Hopefully. This is pretty Hopefully. cool. Yes, I, I, I've, I've been... I'm so happy for you. I've been doing a lot of adulting this week. There, there's been a lot of adult <laughs> stuff going this. on. You know, I had to go to the bank. I had to sit right. there. And actually, it's one of the best banking experiences I had because my credit rating is actually really good, better than I remembered it. Credit rating is good. Which is helpful. You know, nice. I, I'm, I'm not... This is a place where I'm happy to not be a guy in his 20s because I walked in. I've had multiple car loans with the same bank. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a guy in his 20s. I've got a great credit rating. I just pretty much walked in and said, here's what I'd like to do. Yeah. And they went, here's what you need to fill out. You're and I walked away. Customer. Exactly. You've got great credit. You've got the money yeah. lined up. But I am I'm I so excited. I, I am trying really hard as I've done this whole process. I'm trying really hard to not be ahead of myself, which is difficult. My wife is like, aren't you excited? I'm like, I, I, you know, wait. You're right. You're right. There's still a couple gonna, of things exactly. left to do, right? I, I've got a... Here's the thing. I, I have shopped for a car kind of nationwide. I found an example in L.A. that I like. I'm flying to L.A. I need to see it in person. Thankfully, I had a very thorough, slightly expensive, but very thorough pre-purchase inspection. <laughs> right. So that was right. very comforting. I'm going down to see the, see the car. If the car checks out as I think it will in person, then I am beginning the long drive back to Utah. That happens this weekend. So you're listening to this on a Friday. I will be packing, essentially, because uh, actually I say that. It's not, I mean, it's not like it's a big trip. I won't take much. But uh, <laughs> headed down there, and uh, my plan is – to do some teasing of all of you on yeah, Saturday. He's, he's going to be the social media. And then I'm actually going you know to what? reveal it on Sunday. So it's, yeah. it's happening, hopefully. Or, 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 or there'll be a photo on Saturday of me returning to <laughs> oh, Salt Lake and a picture of my say. shoes because I just came right back here. Well, well, that was a bust. Exactly. These are the other options. So if Here's you, the plane ticket that I bought one way back to Salt yeah, Lake. Yeah, so if you see a picture of my shoes, you know what's happened. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm really excited. It's been quite a process mm -hmm. and uh, lots of shopping, lots of... Uh, Bouncing ideas back and forth. Yeah. And yeah, really yeah. dissecting of these cars, best model years, mm -hmm. all those kinds mm -hmm. of things. So congratulations on your new Rolls Royce. We're yes, exactly. really, really yeah. happy for you. Yeah, yeah, Quite yeah. a driver's car, by mm, the way. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Man. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We've got a great podcast for you. We've got Michael, who's writing in. This is such an interesting story. It's a mm -hmm. debate about his love lost for cars. He's yeah. an auto mechanic that is... Fed up. He's tired. He's lost his love. Yeah. The, the love of cars What's is next? kind of dying, which is an interesting conversation. I want to talk about that from a couple different angles. I love that he wrote in. Yeah. We've also got Calvin up in Canada who has never written in. He's been a listener for years. Calvin, thank you so much. We are excited to cover your debate here. He's never actually written into any program before. We're honored. Honestly. We yeah, it's cool. Thank it's you for cool. writing in. He's got a BMW M4 mm -hmm. and is kind of looking at what's next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's truly an enthusiast here. Lots of stuff. And and it kind of sounds like you need something to stoke the fires again, Calvin, to, yeah. to really, I mean, you're already enthusiast, you're already there, but just kind of what's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and once something I think that will kind of surprise him, that's mm -hmm. kind of the vibe that I get, which is cool. And then you guys have completely buried us in questions. We were looking oh on gosh. Facebook right before we started recording, and I think it may be the most questions we've ever seen on Facebook. <laughs> so thank, honestly, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also, you still hit us up on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, and we are looking at all of them. There's a lot of... 
uh, questions we'll get to. We won't get to all of them, of course. We could do a whole podcast on these and not get to all of them. We could. Uh, we could. So thank you for writing in. I also do want to say, if you haven't rated the podcast, that really does help us. So a few of you uh, do it every now and then, and when we mention it, you, you remember to do it, and we really appreciate it. Give it whatever rating you feel it deserves. I mean, we love the, the rating. We love your comment, because like everywhere else, we're reading your comments about the podcast. We always want to make it better. We would love that. This also applies for those of you that are movie junkies like me on our IMDb <laughs> and would say. like to like to rate Keep our TV show. Todd likes it. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that you had to rate your... You have to upload your own content for IMDb. Well, uh, so everybody down to Tom Cruise, but he's got his people. Well, but no, this, right? no. It's do you have your people? I mean, if you right, have... If, right. if you look at... We if don't you look really at have a, people, do we? No, we don't, we don't have people. No. There, 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 are, there are no... We are the people. We are the people. We are the people. Chance and Edgar help help be the there people. people. And, and Tom is one of the and people Tom as well. But, but But you, you and I, we are the people. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> there aren't others to do these things. I was just unaware of this whole process. This guy started IMDb and mm-hmm. now it's the thing. It is the a British, standard. A British guy started something right around the time that I first entered the film industry in the 90s. He started this thing and it was pretty low rent originally, but it became such a thing. Right. And what right. I found interesting when I was living in LA and I was actually doing, you know, you go as a screenwriter and you go and you pitch yourself to certain people's office and that kind of thing. And like anything else on the internet, you can track analytics and you can see if you have the right kind of account on IMDb, you can see how often are people looking me up. Sure. What was fascinating narcissistically is, is, looking. Well, no, every, no, every no, because years. IMDb became such the standard that if somebody, if you were going to meet with somebody, what'd you do? You looked them up on IMDb, and I would note sure. invariably sure. that right before I would have a meeting with somebody, there would be spikes on my profile, and then right after I'd have the meeting, there'd be a couple more spikes, and then oh, it would go quieter again. But anyway, we're way off in the weeds. But if if you if you are on IMDb and you don't mind rating our TV show, we would love to. I am I am resisting. The urge to rate my own show. I'm not going to do that. I, I'm putting in the commentary and putting in the details so that IMDb has the right info and updating it, but I'm not going to put star ratings on my own work. That feels weird. New, so new we will appreciate it. Yeah. It's a new place to rate our show. So, guys, thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it. A couple of questions that related to the Facebook, the social media questions at the end. Oh, sure. But we wanted to cover those up front because mm-hmm. they are Definitely. very newsworthy. They're news, yeah. They are both Porsche related. Buckle your seatbelts, everybody. Yep. Here we go. So first of all, the Panamera Sport Turismo is now in production. Yikes. I, I almost wow. I almost want a moment of silence, not because we're mourning, just a moment of silence so you listening can find a photo and we cannot disturb you. And you can just look at this and go, <laughs> that's how this car should have looked from the beginning. I agree. Even though I'm going to give the first gen Panamera a hall pass because I am who I am. I know. You're right. This one is the one that should have been built. It was teased as a concept car mm-hmm, long mm-hmm. ago. As yeah, fact. yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally in production, Porsche got the green light because of the enthusiasm and everybody agrees unanimously, I think, this is beautiful. Yes. I am floored by the design. It's, um, I, I hesitate to call it a single box design. You can, you know, talk about wagons or minivans or people movers as the single box kind of thing. Is that what the, I mean? They're not referred to as like dual two box instead of three box. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. I guess it could be considered a, a, a two box design, mm-hmm. I, I suppose. But you know, car design is changing so much; it's mm-hmm. not even even being able to be categorized as that anymore. Sure, I mean, sure. there's you know, Volvo 240 wagons from the 80s were the three box design, classic <laughs> example, right? But Car design has just so gone away from that. You and I recently shot a BMW 2002 as a fast blast. And when we were <laughs> yeah, shooting profile shots, we, we just all kind of stopped for a minute and had a laugh because it was like, that is exactly when people say three box design on a sedan. There it is. Small box up front, big box in the middle, small box at the back. Car. There it is. Exactly. But, but this, but this uh, Gran Turismo 
just madness, sport turismo thing. I just, I, it's spectacular. But honestly, honestly, I'll be very surprised if demand outsells the standard Panamera. I'll be shocked. I think. Oh, the standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I even like the standard without the sport turismo. I, I like know the, you do. this new the, refresh. No, the, the refresh is excellent. I agree with that. It's excellent. I still don't think the car is as pretty as it can be, but I think it is far improved from the first gen, which is kind of a low bar, but it's far improved from the first <laughs> hey. gen. This Sport Turismo is honestly spectacular, but I I suspect, especially in this country, mm-hmm. that it will be the same guys that are buying, and this is a rare group, that are buying the E-Class, E63 AMG wagons. They will buy the Sport Turismo, and everyone else will buy the standard Panamera. I don't think it'll outsell the standard at all. I don't think no. it'll get close. In Europe, I think it will. Maybe. And I think Maybe. that's where the enthusiasm so. is primarily coming so. from. Even though here we're saying, yeah, I mean, it's touching on the wagon thing that we all love. I mean, we no, all the love wagon brown, thing, diesel, the wagon wagons, thing right? that all journalists love and then other car enthusiasts love because we go, no, but it's fast and it carries stuff. Get out of your SUV. And right exactly. there, we've lost 90% of the public. We're scratching their heads, especially yeah. in America with the CUV craze going on. The other piece of news here is, yes, Porsche is also now being investigated for illegal emission software specifically on the Cayenne diesel, which shares that three-liter V6 diesel with the other Audis and Volkswagens. So of course it does. I can't say that I'm surprised. No. I'm bummed. I, yes. But, yes. of course, in that kind of family, it's a trickle-down. I mean, in your Cayenne, you've got mm-hmm. the gasoline V6. Yes. But that's not a Porsche-specific engine. You're right. You're right. It's the one from Volkswagen. It's a corporate Absolutely. engine, yep. just Absolutely. like every car manufacturer does, just mm-hmm. about every car manufacturer worldwide does, yeah. you know, Acura and... and uh, Honda and Toyota and Lexus and all those kinds of things. We we've, we've got the, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. is. That's the workhorse engine. Yeah. We yeah, put yeah. it in everything. We tune it to different things. We put different transmissions with it. But it's the same kind of thing here. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm disappointed that Porsche's name is sullied by this scandal sure. as well. But, sure. You know, that was a business decision putting that engine in. Well, but you remember when this when the scandal first broke for Volkswagen, mm-hmm. there was a question. Wait a minute. This engine is in Porsche, and Porsche went, no, 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 it's not, a, it's not, it's not a problem for us. <laughs> Squirrel. We, 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 exactly. We may have this What's engine, but we didn't do it. I, I think right there they should have called it, because you mean honestly, up to, yes, you know what, we're affected too. Or, but, or, or think about this: they could have known. Let's just say, for sake of argument, they knew then, and still yeah. said, "Let us check," and then revealed they would have come out well. Saying at that point, yeah, I know true. we've got the same engine, but true. I promise you there's no cheat software. And have somebody discover it now, that's a bigger black eye. I'm surprised. I mean, the good thing for Porsche here is that they're talking about at the moment, it's only like 22,000 cars. I say only 22,000 cars, which sounds like a lot until you think about the fact that I think Volkswagen was, was recalling the better part of a billion. So, you know, right, um, yeah, right. it's, 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 it's officially relative. It's officially relative. Yeah. So it's a small number, but it's not a surprising reality, like you said, because of this shared engine. I just wish when it all came down, Porsche had an opportunity to stand up and, and try to get ahead of it. Volkswagen was killed by it. Porsche had the chance to get ahead of it. I think it's too bad, but I also think it's not surprising. I've seen the Cayenne V6 as a really viable. I mean, the one you've got, it's got plenty of power, and it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I've genuinely seen that, even though it doesn't use a Porsche-specific engine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then the diesel over here, you don't see many of them, despite the fact that I just saw one yesterday or the day before <laughs> when we were mountain biking. Yeah. Guy started it up, and I'm like, hey, a V6. Oh, it's a diesel. Yeah. You never see those. Yeah. What are you doing with that, sir? And there it was, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, all right, what a rare car, but I'd never really considered it part of the, all right, this is a real Porsche 
all right, it's a Cayenne. Well, it's and, a shared engine. I, I see what you're saying. In you the know, same way, it's my V6 is. It's an outlier I get kind that. of thing. I get but that. I, I hate that even Porsche can't even get away from this. And it's killing the perception, at least in America, of diesels. They're oh. excellently engineered. They work well. Yes. They can go a long but way. But they're probably gas. done. They're probably done worldwide. I but mean, that's, what's, yeah. that's the reality of what this is going to happen because there's been so many kind of jumping through hoops. Take Volkswagen out of the equation for a second. You know, uh, Mercedes had their blue tech. You know, right, and there's right. all these little extra little tanks that do this that help the diesel reach emissions, and nobody could figure out how Volkswagen was doing it. Well, now we know Volkswagen was cheating. <laughs> so the fact, what, but what all of these things point to is that diesels are struggling and failing to meet emission standards, and that probably more than anything else is going to kill them off. I think worldwide, I'll be shocked. If they survive in passenger cars, even the next five years. Yeah, and then there's Audi. You know, they got out of Le Mans when they did after winning multiple races and titles with diesels. Yes. Getting out of that at the right time, going, what's this Formula E thing now? Well, what, not getting out thing? of it at the right time, getting out of it because the memo came down and said, by the way, TDI is now a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And now we're reading Mercedes pulling out of DTM. BMW and Audi are scratching their heads at that one. But yes, Formula E is kind of where the action is going. I, I mean, F1 racing in general, I think that will soldier on for a long time. Well, but, but Formula E is becoming a thing. I've been I, watching some races. I am still going to say that Formula E right now is a marketing ploy. Oh, I, gr- I Formula, agree. Formula E is your ability to say, we're thinking about the future. Sure. Whether you are or not is a separate thing. But it's a great way to just say that. But at that level, IndyCar, not so much. They really look at themselves as entertainment. Mm-hmm. But Formula One, at the yeah. very top, yeah. do look at themselves as trickled down to road sure. technology. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that could generate, you know, that could trickle to mm-hmm. Formula E, you know, Formula E down to electric car programs for I think there's, all kinds of stuff. I think it's an almost guarantee that there's going to be connections but there. But it's still a marketing ploy. We've got yes. to get into it somehow. Yeah. And I don't think they're trying to hide that, to be honest. No, no, no. I don't think they're, but, but I think you make a good sh- point. I mean, you're talking, about, you're talking about in Formula E, you are requiring an electric car to, to work at its massive upper limits and maintain range and these kind of things. Though that, that technology has to trickle down. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Well, guys, we've got so much to get to here. We're going to jump right into the first car debate with Michael D. Mm-hmm. He is an auto mechanic losing his passion for cars, which sounds strange. Maybe it sounds strange. Maybe it doesn't, though. Yeah, yeah. And I thought this is a topic that you and I have not really touched on. Not at all. Yeah. In our own lives, in other listeners' lives. But, Michael, thank you so much for writing in. He's a new listener of the show. He's a Mustang fan, so his favorite is the GT350 versus Boss Mustang review that we That's did. That's how he found us, and now he went, I, I kind of like this, yeah, because he's a Mustang guy. Exactly. So he's out in North Carolina, been working as a mechanic in the automotive industry for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. He started when he was 20, mm-hmm. and now he's 27. And he says here in the email, he, the more he's been working on cars, the more he feels like he's losing the passion for them that he had when he was a young kid, mm-hmm. which is tragic to read. It is. It is. I have a lot of juicy solutions. I am really excited. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I have so many suggestions for you. You're going to think I'm done and I'm not going to be done. So that's why we've got to get to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is very interesting. Michael, first off, I just want to say I'm sorry. But I, I, there's a couple comments that from kind of my own life experience, not related to cars, but I, but I want to kind of relate it to you, talking about uh, my love and hate with film. 
because I overall I love films, but I've had love and hate stretches, and I want to mm, talk about sure. how that relates to your situation. I mean, you That's come from good. a line of mechanics, uh, and you you realize that the kind of day to day reality of fix this, oh diagnose that, has taken the fun out of it. And then you mention in passing. Did you notice this, Paul? Did you notice this? He just mentions in passing. Mm. I used to love cars. I don't love cars as much anymore. Currently, I, I daily drive a PT Cruiser. Wait, wait, <laughs> Michael. Hang on. Rewind that again. Um, Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Don't do that. Yeah, but see, hang on. <laughs> you're, you're, you're losing your love for cars, and then you just casually mention you daily drive a PT Cruiser. <laughs> I did notice Michael, that. my friend, let's start there. Okay? I, I, I Is that hate... even a lateral move from a Corolla? Wow. It... <sighs> That's that's a tough that's a tough how, how request. We, where do we put that? Well, but you know what? I would say uh, you know what? Here's what I'll say: the Corolla wins now, and I'll say the Corolla <laughs> wins now because the Corolla is still being made and updated in safety tech and technology. Okay, and the good. PT Cruiser is now in our past. Thank God, but Plus it's in the our Corolla past. has a spoiler. Well, yes, I mean, that, you know, and a little S on the back, so clearly it's sporty. Uh, but and it's saving us. I mean, yes, thank thank God for the, spo- for the spoiler. Anyway, um, you know, but the the thing is here, I think. You're going to work, and you're working on cars. Let's be honest. You're not working on Paganis. You're working on workaday sure, cars that sure. have just got normal little issues, and I'm sure that gets boring and same thing. And also, I hate to say it, but mechanics mechanics are the janitors of the car world sometimes. Hmm. You're seeing the worst of humanity related to that thing. Huh. You, you you see guys that are enthusiasts and their car is nice, and you put it up on the lift, and it's nice to work on because it's clear that they care about it. That's the exception. This is interesting. Cars are coming in, and they are a discarded appliance by people, and now that person's angry because this thing doesn't work. That's not even a good working environment. I could see how that just gets sad. So what we've got to do, Michael, is we've got to find you things about cars that are just glorious, that have nothing to do with the fact that you're holding a wrench in your hand. There's a few ways I can think of to do this. I'm very curious about your thoughts. I do still think fiery Viking burial for the PT Cruiser is – you will smile right there and it will only go up. (laughs) That's YouTube gold right there, my friend. If we launch that off a cliff flaming with a wrench holding the gas pedal down. Yeah. I'm not sure where it lands, and we will have the EPA and many, many others chasing us, but it will be riotously <laughs> funny until it happens. Our funding will be pulled and we'll be getting yeah. a visit from well, but, the EPA. But, but for like two and a half days, we'll have the success of vloggers. It'll be awesome. Hey. And then we'll be promptly arrested well, for that's worth it. Know, setting something on fire. Yeah. That's totally worth it. Well, uh, lots of thoughts here, uh, Michael. I am, uh, I'm really excited to share my thoughts because you got my juices flowing again here, just thinking about all this stuff. And yes, we we definitely understand. You're in the category, though, of chefs. What do celebrity and professional chefs go home and eat? That's my big question. Do they cook a hot dog, mac and cheese? I've cooked all day. Last thing I want to do is go home and cook. What do they eat? That's a great point. Masseuse. You're a, a massage therapist or a masseuse. And you know every one of your friends is like, oh, man, I had a rough day. It hurts right here on my neck. You wouldn't happen to be willing to... No, I just had a long day at work. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch TV. Sure. Yeah. This is the same thing it is. for an auto mechanic it is. to his love for cars. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I'm jumping right in. Like I said, I've got lists of cool stuff here. And I'm going to start out with a build show. Even though I know in your email here, you said, is there an alternative to working with cars, but not necessarily hands-on type of work? Okay. I'm going to toe that line and then we'll we'll move on. But I'm going to start out with Velocity's, one of their biggest show right now, Bitch and Rides. Okay. Yeah. Shot in Salt Shot Lake. Shot here in Salt Lake, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about working for someone whose job it is to build custom cars for rich people? 
because your experience about fixing things now is back to how they should be, not building things to how you want them yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a different mindset. You don't have a classic car. It sounds like you're mm-hmm. going home and wrenching on in the garage, like to sorbet for mm-hmm. your mind. To, mm-hmm. You know what? I want it to be like this. Man, forget all those Corollas and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that I'm working on date, you know, on a daily basis. So how about being a part of a build show where you're doing custom work and yeah. interesting, fascinating, challenging kind or of Or not work. even a show, just all of those shops we've never heard of around yeah. that, you know, what what are the hot rod shops in your area, for lack of a better way to put it? That's a great thought. That's really, I really like that. You're absolutely leading me to custom builders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all is Icon 4x4 out in California. Yeah, if he wants to move. <laughs> if you want to move. Keep going, keep well, going. These are all ideas. Just sure, keep no, I mind. get your point though. They told me when I visited not too long ago that they have trouble hiring people because the young guys don't know anything about the old Land Rovers. Sure. The old guys don't know anything about ECUs. About modern tech, sure. And somewhere in the middle is somebody who's had experience the working ideal on guy. old cars and understands ECUs and new cars. Interesting. And yeah. OBD ports yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. He said, "That's we would hire you in a second if that is you. <laughs> Went, Icon is going to try me. to figure out why they get a lot of random calls next week based on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so hat tip to them, I guess. But yeah, that's interesting. Okay, I see that. Singer 911s, also in California. Sure, sure. They're, they're building the 911 how they want it to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, beautiful, high-end, satisfying work. And as you said, the detail shops, I mean, there's mm-hmm. Lux Auto Spa here in Salt Lake. Salt Lake, yeah, yeah. Rolling in with rich people who have cool cars and you're washing them and taking care of them, doing body wraps and all that kind of stuff. Well, and there's makes and models here locally as well. And they're essentially, they do some of that, uh, you know, appearance stuff, but a lot of what they do is you have a exotic or slight exotic and they will wrench on anything. Yeah. You know, so that is interesting. I mean, I actually went a similar place to some degree. I I really like these build shops you're thinking of. One more build shop. Please go, please go on. The Holy Grail. I did a Holy Grail of each of my categories. Oh, did you really? Okay. Is Canapa Design. In California. Sure, sure, yeah. Bruce Canepa was a racer. He was a hot shoe. He's got a garage. And some of their primary business is making Porsche 959 street legal in the U.S., mm, mm. among other yeah, hot yeah, yeah. cars. So look up canepa.com. Unbelievable shop. I cannot wait to go there. He's got race cars for sale, and they're wrenching on these cars yeah. to sell, but then they take them to shows. They race them. It's, it's the holy grail of build shops. Interesting. Interesting. All right, go ahead. I went, no, no, that's excellent. That's really good because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about build shops, but I went, I went a similar route in okay. just – Michael, currently you're fixing problems at the lowest common denominator of car usage. What mm. if you were solving problems oh. so that cars can run better or will stop braking or can be the best they can be? That's a different tactic. That's a very different tactic. Mm. I need my alternator belt replaced is – Lowest common denominator maintenance. Sure. We need to figure out why we keep blowing a piston at the upper ends of our RPM so our race car runs better. It's a very different problem to solve. Like this. So, look, you're in North Carolina. You're in, you're in NASCAR world. Yeah. Okay? But even if it's not NASCAR, my thinking is take your knowledge and shop your knowledge around to – I love Paul's build shop idea – but race teams. Mm-hmm. Or That's people excellent. that build cars for whoever. Who out there needs mechanics – that you can go in and help problem solve. Plus, when you see those shops, those shops are spotless. The oh cars are spotless. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a guy that went with us on our pilgrimage trip last year named Cole Powelson. He's got Life Motorsports here locally. We're doing a lot of local call-outs yeah, by accident. But he's got Life There's Motorsports. There's a lot here. They, they build uh, 350Z spec racers mm-hmm. for 
people all in this area. So that's their primary business. But they also just work on cars. And they also, by the way, have like the most powerful GTR in the U.S. and it's run Pikes Peak. <laughs> that's their little side thing. The most thing. powerful that's, time attack Nissan GTR. That's their little side thing. Or it may not the most powerful. It's like the fastest. Or it, Anyway, it's, it's, this, it's this bewinged thing. Okay? It's like underneath <laughs> like all of those. Like are bewinged? Uh, yes, yeah, seriously. It's underneath similar, all right? of those wings and canards, somewhere there is a GTR body. And the thing is a rocket ship. <laughs> so my point is, where are those shops locally for you? People that are building race cars. People that have got a business fixing high-end stuff or making it work better. It's almost We're almost talking to tuner shops mm. to get you out of this lower end stuff that is the day-to-day fixing take your knowledge somewhere else and see if you can uh, you'll probably start lower end but you've got the you've got the wrench experience you've got wrench experience paul and i can't dream about so plug that oh, into somebody that's that's building a team or advancing a team i think you could be much happier because you're going to be like i said you're going to be problem solving not problem fixing mm. I, and I'm, I'm splitting hairs but i think that that's valid so there's that. I also think related to the PT Cruiser thing, first off, get rid of that. Secondly, <laughs> start, start figuring out places you can drive cars for the way they're fun. Mm. Like so that? that like so that, that? They can be as simple as autocross. But, but just find – and you can get something cheap since you can uh, wrench on anything. You did make a comment here. You've seen so many cars with so many problems. You're having trouble seeing any car without seeing problems first. Somebody pulls in a fun car and you just think, oh, those always have this problem. I get it. I get it. But you know what? Cars are like people. They're imperfect. And sometimes the more you love them, the more they have one little quirk that drives you nuts. Sure. sure. So you're going to have to just accept that and just go, I should drive one of those. Since I know that problem that it has. Look, I'll pick the obvious one, the low-hanging fruit. A 996-997 Porsche is probably going to have an IMS issue. And yet we say all the time, buy one. Right. Fix that. Oh, yes. If you're a mechanic and you know the problem with that car, then you can stay ahead of the problem. Buy that car anyway and experience it. And then take it to something like autocross and ring it out and find the upper levels of a car's capability. Even if it's 10-mile-an-hour autocross, that can give you joy again. Mm. So I think that's very important. And all of this, I want to apply it to to one experience I had. And that is, for a while, I got so deep into movies and specifically writing movies that I realized I was starting to have trouble enjoying just going – the theater. Was this doing during your new line years by any chance? The back end of it. The back end of my new line years. I was wondering because I was because I, you spent a lot of time mm-hmm. doing checks. I spent and, a lot of time in theaters watching all kinds of things. Yeah. And I was coming home or finding time and I was writing a lot of screenplays and I was shopping screenplays. And it got to the point where literally I could sit in a movie theater and I could listen to a scene go by and I could like reverse engineer it and I could tell you what it looked like on the page. I just that's I mean, that's impressive, but not necessarily a good thing, it, right? It's, it, that's the thing. It was one of those things where this is how much I'd embedded myself into it, but I stopped enjoying yeah. just sitting there and enjoying a movie. Prevents you from thinking just enjoying about, the scene yeah. and the acting and all that stuff. I kept thinking right? about, oh, this is how they staged that. Oh, this is how this was probably written. Mm. That's fine. It's great that I know that, but it doesn't help me enjoy what I'm doing. I had to step back. I had to just step back for a bit. Mm. And and it helped sure. me as of course we obviously moved into the show big time, and yep. that changed yeah, things yeah. a bit in my focus. But that stepping back, I think, would be helpful for you. So I hope maybe one of these build shops or a race team or somebody building. I hope that can give take your talents, which are is a useful talent, and put it to good use. And then I'm telling you, fiery burial. PT Cruiser, get a good car and autocross it. <laughs> Are you getting, Michael, the fact that you need to get rid of that PT Cruiser? We'd love to help you. 
touching on your racing theme, clearly you need to go breathe some nitromethane and join a pro NHRA drag racing team <laughs> so you can strip the gaskets out of the supercharger clearly, and rebuild in front of the people. And- you need to breathe some nitromethane. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. <laughs> that is the world's most convoluted shirt, and yet I still love it. I do. Uh, man, I mean, yeah, John Force's daughter, Ashley, is now a pro. She's married to Graham Rahal, but, you know, she needs people working on her cars. John Force Empire, cool drag racing. Yeah. I mean... There's a ton of this stuff The holy there. grail for that one would be move to Europe, join an F1 team or a Le Mans team. Well, sure. Wood crew. Yes, or go but, work for BAC Mono. Sure. Or, but we're helping Michael now somewhere just, in the southeast of the big. country. I gotta go I know, blue sky. And I know. Pull you're, it back. You, you need a Paul limiter in all these discussions. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we need like a Paul limiter for Michael's <laughs> reality of North Carolina. But I do think that NASCAR and build shops are a reality, though. Yes. So, anyway. well, I'm going to get cultivated and refined on you because I've got four categories left here. Oh. Oh, I'm done. So, so Mike, like I said, I, like, like you, Michael, I'm going to sit here for a minute. You yeah. thought I was done. Car museums need an art curator. Excellent. The Excellent. art just yep. happens to be cars, like the Mullen Automotive Museum, Peterson Automotive Museum, Nethercut Collection, and the Blackhawk Automotive Museum in California. There's museums. Those are just the California ones I can you think of. You can't see me, but I'm actually sitting here jaw-dropped. Because I realize that Paul is ramping up. This is, the, this is like first gear, folks. Oh, I can man. tell by the look on his face. I'm just getting started. So how about a museum? I mean, there's museums nationwide. How about a NASCAR museum or being the curator where they need to be driven, worked on, and curated as a, as a collection and presented to the public? Wow. Would be interesting. Wow. That leads me to a car spy photographer job whose most notable name was Brenda Pretty, but she yeah. is retired from that industry. But that lives on. I mean, trekking through Iceland to get the new shot of the whatever. <laughs> it'll take you on world travels. Oh, no. It'll, it'll take you around the world. I mean, the deserts of Dubai to... He's a mechanic, not a photographer. Hey, Just say it. Okay? Blue sky right now. But all right. All right. So the third category is going to work for a celebrity. Jay Leno's got a big collection, and so does Jerry Seinfeld, or the guy who founded Pelican Cases has yes. 100 Corvettes or something like that. Let, let, let me stop you real quick for this Jay Leno story you and I have talked about before that okay. continues to boggle my mind. All right. I heard this story 10 years ago, long, long ago when you and I were still very much in L.A. I heard this story about Jay Leno's collection. He has – I'm going to get this a little bit off, but he has like – the best example of the major iconic steam-powered cars that existed in the U.S., including mm-hmm. one from, like, yeah. the late 20s, early yeah. 30s that was, like, the, and they run. The, the best of the steam engine cars. And they do run. And, of course, where do you get a steam engine car worked on? What was crazy about this story when I first heard it is at the time, 10 years ago, he had some guy in his shop that was his steam mechanic specialist, and it was a guy in his 30s. Yeah. Now, let me rephrase this. Not a guy from 1930, a person in his third decade of life, which means these steam cars were gone two generations before he was born. But it was because right. his grandfather and his father were steam mechanics. And now you're Jay Leno. You have more money than you can ever spend on cars. Your disease in a huge way is cars. You like steam-powered cars. You need a steam-powered mechanic. There is no person. You need a that specialist. person ceases to exist. And yet here's yeah. this guy who went from I have this strange hand-me-down knowledge to he is the steam-powered mechanic guru for Jay Leno. I am shocked that's even a thing. That's a job. There's, he's one of one. I'm shocked it's even a thing. But, but all of this to say, Michael, you have a skill set. Plug the skill set into a more interesting place. And I love that Jay Leno story because I still am just like – 
you're, when, when that guy was 15 and his dad was teaching him about steam-powered cars, do you think he ever thought, this is a staggering waste of my time? <laughs> you know, Dad, I don't want to look at I get it. It's a steam right. car. We left steam cars 60 years ago. I don't want to do this anymore. Fast forward 15 years, he's got a full-time job with Jay Leno building steam cars. Yeah. That's madness. And that, yeah, he'll probably be the steam car guy. Whoever owns those cars in the future, he'll probably follow those cars around. Well, and for all we know, he's got kids and he's teaching his kids steam cars now. I mean, it's it's craziness. Who knows? Okay, so somebody who's got lots of money. <laughs> you are has still a big going. Collection, <laughs> and they need to be curated. All right. Okay. Okay. So here's my first ultimate answer for you. Oh, wow. All right. Go work for an auction house. Get this, Dana Meekum runs a pretty exciting show on the Velocity Channel. He runs shows all over the country in the U.S. He's televised. He's got a huge staff. They need to be wrenched and worked on and driven and photographed. There's all kinds of stuff to be done. They need buyers. They need you name the person. I'm starting to get job ideas for myself right now. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. R.M. Sotheby's, the Russo and Steel Auction House, which is pretty much the Kim Kardashian of auctioneering. You went nuts. Could be interesting. And the holy grail of that category is Gooding and company. They do it yeah. the best. They kill it. David Gooding kill it. Yeah. is at the top of his game. And then my second ultimate answer, and I'll wrap things up. <laughs> <laughs> the Pebble Beach Company, or the folks who run the Quail Lodge, or the Amelia Island Conquerors, which just so happens to be March 9 through 11, 2018. Tune in next time when we Amelia finish this Island, podcast. <laughs> Why didn't you go work for those folks? They put on the huge car shows that bring in yeah. a lot of money, a lot of – I mean, the Pebble Beach – the Quail Lodge has Sikorsky lands a private helicopter on the 18th green Yes, because they just might have customers who might be interested in sitting in their new helicopter. Yeah. Learjet brings a fuselage on an 18-wheeler trailer because you might want to go in and take a look at the new custom finishings. Yeah. They're people with so much money, they trailer in their car collection that's half empty because when they buy at auction, they're going to fill the trailer and drive it wherever it is. Yeah, Pebble Beach is this weird, surreal world. It really is. So auction house. I mean, you've got to keep – you've got to go do the barn finds. It's kind of like what um, (laughs) uh, Chasing Classic Cars. Yeah. um, Wayne Carini does. Absolutely. But he's doing it kind of, you know, just himself. How about an auction house that needs to go find the cars, source buyers, keep the cars running – and those are interesting cars to work on. You, a fifty-six million dollar. You bring up Testarossa an interesting point. Something, and I want to pose this question to you, Michael. You bring up an interesting point. A Ferrari GTO. If if it was an old barn find car, and your job was make it live, it come it wouldn't to that life. wouldn't that be cooler than whatever yeah. you were doing this week? That's a great question, and, and and I'm asking Michael because obviously the barn find is an entire car's worth of problems. Oh sure, but that sure, you sure. know, it's can you make tree it live? Is cylinder number six exactly? Can you? <laughs> I want to see a photo of that. <laughs> but but the, that question of make this live again—that's that's an interesting challenge. I wonder yeah. if that's exciting to you, Michael. There's that. These are great. These are really good. <laughs> All right, I'm winding down for now, but Michael, hopefully this is <laughs> three hours later. <laughs> on to number two. Guys, we'll be right back. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. 
All right. So speaking of number two, we've got Calvin up in Canada. As we said before, he's been a listener for a long, long time. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. writing in. He's had a demanding career and has limited free time, but he spends a lot of time still squeezing our, our content in, which is great. Yeah, that's great. We're, we're really we're glad really to have you with us. You're, you're watching and you're listening, and not just us. What you said is essentially if you find free time, it is filled with car content. Yeah, which is cool. So there's really no other thing that you do with your free time than just absorb car content. That's very cool. We're glad to be on the list for that. You currently have a BMW M4. Mm-hmm. And what you're struggling with, in a nutshell, is all of the stuff where technology is changing cars right now. You wish you didn't have to have turbos. Yeah. You wish mm-hmm. dual clutches were not taking over everything. You wish you had hydraulic steering. Those are the things that the car market is walking away from you. And and you admit it. Your M4 is a poster child for a lot of what we're talking about. Here's Just, an incredibly fast, well-made car yeah. with electric steering and a turbo engine. And even though you have a manual, of course, the DCT exists and is excellent. And you're just sitting here going, the M4 is on, I feel like, when I read this email, for Calvin, this, this M4 is on the cusp of being too far down that road already. So he's wanting to kind of turn the clock back and go, what can I have that is kind of standing defiantly in the other direction? Mm-hmm. Which I love. I mean, yeah, to his point in the email here, it's a heavy car. It's fast car. Though. It is. I mean, oh, the it's weight is crazy overcome fast. by power. And then the tech has overcome, you know, the, mm-hmm. the feel. So things are muted. And he's noticing this. This used to be the daily. But then it sounds like you got busy with things. Mm-hmm. And then it's no longer the daily car. You've been looking around at some other stuff. But because the C63s are all automatics, that's out. 991.2s are great, pricey, and now turbocharged, mm-hmm. as are the 718 Caymans. And we've heard a lot of people say, I was looking at the 718 Cayman, and I didn't get it because of the sound. Which I I am so of two minds about that. We need to hear this car, though. I, I'm so of two minds about that because I like good sound in a car, but at the same time, I'm not going to avoid it because it doesn't sound good enough. I, I Maybe I'm weird, but I, I appreciate it, but I don't have to have it. But you're right. We have heard a few stories where people are like, yeah, I almost bought one. I didn't like how it sounded. And I was like, that's that's the entire beginning and end of your not doing it? I'm interesting. It's, okay. It's all right. It is a thing. It, it's a people. thing. And that, that begs the ongoing question of if all cars go electric, what sound are we engaged by? Yes. Which is I a huge question. Headphones. It's a huge question. MP3 player. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Calvin, I love how you say, let's get a good conversation going here. What should I be looking at? Calvin is a driver at heart, not a big numbers guy, and he's brand agnostic. So and and one of the great mind. things about this is that his job has changed enough that the daily commute is kind of dying. And so this car mm-hmm. he's chasing is a weekend fun car. Right. right. He doesn't actually give us a price. However, we're extrapolating because he mentions that he currently has an M4. So we know that we're talking about 70 to 80 grand worth say, of car. Yeah, at least 70. And he's looking at things already mentioned by Paul, the C7 uh, Z06 he's looked at. He's looked at the 991.2. We're talking about roughly 70 to 80, maybe as close to 100 grand worth of money to work with here. I have multiple things that I think Calvin should absolutely drive yeah. because I oh, think yeah. one of them will work. There are cars out here for you, Calvin. And the fact that it's just going to be the weekend fun car that needs to be uh, it needs to be an organic driving experience. I love this question. This is cool because you're kind of refining yourself as well and scrolling back up to the top of your email, you say 
My favorite car growing up was the Honda S2000. I will definitely own one in my lifetime. Welcome to the starting place, Calvin. Now's the time. <laughs> How about now? First of all, I'm going to back up and say, we don't know your car history or your driving experience, but True. we're going to assume that it's pretty healthy in all these categories, that you are an enthusiast, of course. You've got a pretty fun car history and quite a bit of driving experience and being a great driver as well. Calvin, you need an event car. Agreed. Agreed. That's exactly where we're going. You need a car that you think about when you're not at home. Mm -hmm. You need a car that you'll learn to wring the most out of and know that you have reached the end of that car. Ideally, yeah. A car that your M4 or any other modern high-performance car that we've listed here could absolutely annihilate. <laughs> I see where you're going. Something I see where possibly going. carbureted. Yeah, maybe. Something that maybe. smells like gas and oil. Possibly. Depends on how far back he really wants to go. I see where you're going. Definitely I do see where you're going. You're, you're going. you're going archaeological with this. I, I like might. It. Yeah. I might. But I'm going to start off with a question. You know how you answer a question with a question. Well, excellent. Helpful. Calvin, why do people buy Porsche 914s? Why would they even bother with this car? Mm -hmm. It's okay. a steering wheel and a stick shift, and that's it. <laughs> Nissan GTRs can run circles around them. They're... They're matchbox cars in comparison. FRSs could run circles around FRSs them. FRSs could. <laughs> Why do people buy these cars? Okay, just answer that to yourself, and we'll move on to your Honda S2000. Yeah, yeah. This is a car we've recommended so much, and it definitely applies here, especially since you've said you're going to own one. Yeah. And at your budget, there's a possibility that you could own a less expensive enthusiast car mm. and still supplement it with something fun. Possibly. Okay? Possibly. I went on to a Porsche 944. Hi. Hello, okay. $10,000, and yeah. I've got a Porsche 944. I am fascinated by the fact that you have taken a really <laughs> hefty budget, and you are operating in this low end of it. I am applauding I'm you. I'm starting there. I'm I know. Oh, there. I, 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 I've met you, and so has the audience, <laughs> but I'm still impressed that you're down there at all. Well done. I guess uh, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying I'm thinking about just taking a chunk at the bottom end of that healthy budget and leaving the rest for maybe something else. Sure. I went on to a BMW 2002. Delightful to drive. Yeah. How yeah. fun is that? Lotus Elise has got to be on the list. Sure. I mean, those are sure. yeah. fairly inexpensive. You could get, you know, like two or three of those for your budget. <laughs> Buy them like Skittles. <laughs> Pick your color for today. Monday is a Krypton green. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to say early 9-11. You know it had to be in there, too. Of course, yeah. At least yeah, yeah. go drive one. Mm -hmm. Again, why is everybody so freaked out about Porsche 356s? They're not fast. No. They're not. No. They're it's a car from another things. time. They're, they're time capsule cars. Yeah. Yeah. I kept going with JDM Imports here in Salt Lake. Yeah. They've got interesting things to go true, sniff true, around. True. Mm -hmm. Then I went. You can see I'm going up in price. I've got three I've left noticed. here. I've noticed. Yeah. The, the stairs are getting <laughs> steeper. Yes. I went to the E30 M3. But then I'm backing off of that because my fear is if you go with a highly collectible car like that, mm. then it'll only sit in your garage because now it's got collectible now value you don't want to drive, drive it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. So that might be off the list. But then the last two are related. How about a Lotus 7 or a Caterham? Go nuts. Mm. If it's a weekend fun car, go nuts. those are good ideas. Those are really good Get ideas. Get the top end Caterham. For 60, 70 grand, yeah. buy yourself a cool helmet, get it painted up how you want it. 
that is your helmet um, yeah. and go find a that's, road. That's, that's cool. I do like that quite that's a bit. That's where I'm at. That ending. is a very fun one. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, I wanted to c- talk to a couple of uh, brand new cars that I think actually get this done. Okay. And then I wanted to go into some fairly recently used cars that I think you, you should look at as well. I have five cars that I just think are on your short list to go drive because I think one of these five will be the answer. Excellent. Different things you've mentioned here have led me to different cars, so I want to walk through it. You brought up the C7Z06. Great, fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to submit to you, step down. Go Grand Sport. Oh. You may have money left over. Yeah. The difference is mainly the engine. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to get in a normal C7. You've said that, that big numbers is not your thing. The normal C7 is a genuinely fast car. Oh, yeah. Not slow. So the Grand Sport is a little faster than that, but it's not the big boy Z06, but it's got the cool Z06 bodywork. I think the Grand Sport is the sweet spot of this discussion. Okay. Okay. And that is a genuinely great car to drive. And if you were to compare it to the M4, it feels classic, involving sports car by comparison. Mm-hmm. The M4 sure. is impressive. Watch, we just dropped our Alpha M3 piece. Yeah, a, we've yeah. done the whole Icon film. We've driven these cars. We know them, but that C7 has just got. Plus, it's got great engine no- note. Great yeah, engine true. note. True. You've talked about you walked away from the 718 because of lack of engine note. That C7 V8 gets that done. So that's why that's in there. Lotus Evora. Ooh, good. You didn't like the Cayman. Good. You like naturally aspirated. You could get a base Evora that's naturally aspirated, or you can go supercharged. You don't like turbos, now you're supercharged. Problem still solved. Boost is boost. Exactly. But that is a very different feel, and steering-wise, I think that's what you're after. And price-wise, you know, they're 80 to 100 grand. So I think we're in that world. You go a few years old, and you can get one for 60 to 80. I'm not sure of your budget, but Mm. there's a swath of Evoras out there. If you can do the 400, the new 400, do it. If you wind up in... A late version of the non-400 prior, get the S, get the base. That's a great car. It's a great car, and it's a much more usable car than the Elise. Love it. As much as I like the Elise, I think the Evora is one to go there. Love it. Uh, You brought up the 991, and we're kind of disappointed by it. I have your solve. Hmm. 997 GT3s are 80 grand. Okay, that's good. Now, we drove the GT3 RS40, which is a unicorn car, and they're worth like a half million dollars, which is madness. Yeah, Don't do that. I'm just talking, and, it, and, I, and this isn't a, a lightweight car at all as far as specs are concerned. I'm talking just the standard 997 GT3. I thought about it for this conversation. I looked them up for Calvin and found at 80 grand, go buy one. They just exist. Dang, now I want one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That is an unbelievably good car. So that solves the 911 problem. That's still hydraulic steering, stick shift. Yeah, They're great looking. I, pr- I still stand by the fact that I prefer the 997 size and feel to the 991. The 991 is a world beater. I still prefer the 997. I hear you. I hear you. So there's that GT3 and then two other used cars. I'm stepping further down in price. Okay. You like your M4, but it's headed the wrong direction. Buy yourself a 1M. Oh, buy yourself the nicest 1M on the planet for 70 grand. Or buy, or buy an average one for 50 and just put miles on it and don't care. Oh, that's, that'd be fun. That's the things you like about your M4, but ratcheted back in time to the things you don't like taken away. Yes, it's a turbo. Uh, you don't want a turbo. It is a turbo. I will admit that. But so what? In every other category, 1M. I think that has a hall pass. 
because the turbo just brings it to life. And then you said Honda S2000, and that jogged my memory for, please go drive an original NSX. Oh, even better. I, I think like that that. It, that checks every box of what you're chasing. It's not a rocket ship. You're not going to care. Not turboed. You're not going to care. shift, hydraulic steering, mm-hmm. on and on and on. It's mid-engine. I, I think that all, that... I almost sniper shot it if I was just going to, if I knew an exact price. If you had said to me 50 and below, I would have almost just gone there. But I think it, these are my five on the drive list. I'm going to go back through them real quick. C7 Grand Sport, Lotus Evora, 997 GT3. I cannot believe they are, quote unquote, only 80 grand. BMW 1M and an original NSX. Drive those, and I bet you, Calvin, you buy one of them. Wow. You could get a Honda S2000 and a 1M together for that kind of money. Probably with change. Yeah. Yeah. How sweet would that be? Yeah, now now I'm lusting a bit. That would be sweet. Oh, by the way, I should mention, (laughs) for those of you that are following along on the podcast, one of you thinks I'm flying to L.A. to buy Edgar's S2000, and I am not. Oh. I wanted to put that to rest real quick. Oh, excellent. Great car, but I'm not doing that. Well, guys, we've got to get to all these questions. There's so many. I... um, Let's just dive right in. First of all, on Facebook, Steve, Steve Urban is asking about the M3 versus the Alpha Quadrifoglio piece mm-hmm. that we just shot. Mm-hmm. Thank you for watching. It's playing well. We're Great really question. excited to share it with you. This was the last episode of Velocity Season 1 mm-hmm. for us, now posted on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, please go to YouTube. You'll find that piece in yeah, its it, entirety. It, it, was, it was season premiere or world premiered on Velocity. And yes. as we promised, all that stuff is coming to YouTube. It came out today. This is a great question. Go on. So I just happened to be driving in the Alpha and the M3, which contained Todd ahead of me, pulled over. Well, that was just, you know, we were we were trading cars and trading places in either car to get all day long. Shots. Yep. So yep. that just happened to be a representative example of what he saw here about unwritten canyon driving etiquette mm-hmm. or canyon driving rules. And then that kind of trickles down to Sunday drivers and civilian driving, civilian driving versus <laughs> what? Civilian in this scenario means non-enthusiast. <laughs> okay. A person okay. who's driving because they need to get somewhere, not a person who's driving because I like to drive. That I do like the civilian designation for that, that's though. Funny. We should start using that. Steve, that's awesome. <laughs> Big friend of the show in Steve, and I, I love that. Yes. You know, we need to remember that. We need to talk about all the civilians the, out the there. The civilians. Yes. Wait, so are we. Anyway, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the canyon driving etiquette is... Um, Step one, check your rearview mirror. Just check your mirrors. All your Constantly mirrors. Yep. check your mirrors. Absolutely. Don't check Absolutely. it when you back out of the driveway and then never check it again. Mm-hmm. Continue to do so the entire time you're driving because it's going to tell you all kinds of information about who's back there. Bikes, the motorcycles that come up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. The guys in the Honda S2000s and mm-hmm. the WRXs and the whatevers that are just hot. The little lowered Mazdas with the roll cages and the, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just blazing through canyons, having a yeah. blast. They're not trying to race you. They're not trying to punch your man card for the third time. <laughs> Thank you. They're for not trying to that way, emasculate yes. you. You're right. You're right. In no, no. Any category, they just want to get around you, and mm-hmm. that's it. And if they happen to be faster, you know what? Let them go because you're mm-hmm. not on a racetrack. They can do whatever they're going to yeah. do. Just let them by. Yeah. And Todd and I, as I said in the film, we were just trading off. For whatever reason, you just happened to pull off there. You, I think we were adjusting cameras or we were we, trading we cars. Were trading, we were something. trading position of what car so we could get clean shots right. out the okay. front glass and then trade that off with out the front glass. You can see the other car. And it was just one of those moments that was transition. And because I was yeah. talking, yeah. It, it because that place in the edit, we were talking about a transition from one car to the other. It just made sense. Right, right. Um, 
yeah, it was just, it was pre-planned. I don't think we even talked over the radio. We just, you pulled off. And These was, are the things that you and I do going. unspoken now. It's very, it's kind of bizarre to people <laughs> to visit the shoot. They're like, how'd you guys know that? But that's, that just happens. We just do. Anyway, um, yeah, it was, uh, check your rearview mirror and continue to let those people over. Mm-hmm. On that shoot, I was in the Alpha and there was a guy in a base V6 Camaro with a body kit on it who crept around the corners, just tiptoed around and yeah. then nailed it. And so I couldn't pass him on the straightaways. I was like, come on. I, I'm not trying to race you. I'm not trying yeah. to do anything. I just want to let you by. And that does trickle to everyday driving. Yes. Yes. Just check your rearview mirror. And could you get out of the fast lane? I have no problem with you going slow. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I do if you're in the number one lane. Yeah. Could you just yeah, please yeah. let everybody well, else by? But I'm going to go to the extreme example and then ratchet this back for Steve. The extreme okay. example is what I would define as the best canyon road in the world, which is the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Yes. I don't think of that as a racetrack. I think of that as the world's greatest canyon road. Yeah. It happens to be one-way traffic, thank God. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's spice things up. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Why is that Vanagon going the other way? Anyway. Uh, just for fun, we've got bi-directional but, traffic but, now. But, here, but here's the biggest thing about that track, Steve. In general, if you're ever there, if you go with us, if you go by yourself and you do Tristan Farton, brace yourself. But anyway, the the thing is, (laughs) there is always a bigger dog than you. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what light, quote unquote, light traffic day you're driving. Somebody is going to find your mirror. Oh, yes. And your job is to communicate with them. I see you and you're welcome to go by, sir. Yes. Now, somehow on the ring, most of the time. There's no ego connected. Yeah, yeah. There are exceptions. There are exceptions. People do stupid things everywhere. But if you get the big car comes flying up behind – and here's the thing. The big car flying up behind you might not be a car that makes any sense. You could be driving a Porsche GT3 slowly and the guy behind you has got the roll-caged golf. We saw this guy and he can hoon. Okay? <laughs> it's got if, nothing in the car. But if he's closed down on you, it's your job to get over and let him by. Yeah. Now, we're, I'm talking racetracks. Let me ratchet it back a step. All over California, Steve, I know you live in L.A., all over California, here are turnouts. They're even labeled. They're coming up in a quarter mile. I I remain boggled that if you are a van full of kids going somewhere, if you're a parent with a whole van full of kids and you can't see out the back glass because it's got toys in it, you see me in your side mirror. Sure. I'm not trying to make a statement. Right. I'm just going faster than you are. That's what the turnout is for. Exactly. So the the thing is that unfortunately we in this country connect, and I know it exists elsewhere, but it's a it, it's a scourge in the U.S. When you're on a back road, you connect your ego to your speed. Just in general, drivers True. do that. True. So you can see it on the fast lane on the highway. You can see it on a back road. There is this perception that we have in the U.S. We've been told that I'm going fast enough. So if somebody comes up behind you wants to go faster, no, 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 I'm I'm going plenty fast enough, sir. Right. You, you can stay behind me. Why? Pull over. Go what I, – I never want people to drive faster than they are comfortable. Good point. So Good drive point. whatever yeah. speed you're comfortable. If the person behind you is more comfortable at speed, you can decide they're a crazy idiot if you want. You still pull over. You should. You don't. People <laughs> don't. This is the problem, Steve. But the etiquette should be check your mirrors. That you are honestly, you spend as much time on the ring looking in your mirrors as you do looking forward. Oh, because somebody easily. is gunning for you. It's equal 50 50. <laughs> 50% 50% all about the mirrors, and it's all about finding spots. Forward. And then the better yeah, job you do of signaling. When, when I get uh, sport bikes that fly up behind me on a canyon, without fail, if I signal, 
that I'm tucking over, even if there's not a turnout, I just am going to tuck to the right side of the lane so that I can give them as much space as possible, give them a little wave by. It is without fail, they will wave when they go by. Absolutely. Because all I've done is communicated, I see you, I know you're there, I'm giving you space, you've got the ball, man, go. Mm, No, absolutely. I I love it. Um, Steve, excellent question. We've got more on here. What else did you find here? Oh, man. Um, Let's see. Uh, Dr. Zerker on Instagram said, when deciding on a car to recommend or own, what dynamically is a deal breaker? What in the dynamics of a car makes me go, nope, can't do that? Mm. I'll go back to the FRS I owned. Clearly, it's not power. It can be a slow car. When a car is wallowing on its suspension, when it's soft under braking, when it is soft rolling into a corner, it doesn't feel taut. You can have body roll that's still taut. The car can like roll over a bit, but it doesn't feel sloppy at all. Sure. That's sure. okay. Makes sense. But there are cars that when they roll over, it just it doesn't feel like everything's kind of taut and moving as a unit. Park it and walk away. Mm. That is that is the deal breaker for me. Once a car is sloppy, I, I can't do it. And I can't recommend anybody else do it either. I'm gonna go after Ben's question here back on Facebook about what makes a driver's car. Mm. A five essentials checklist here. And we can debate these, Ben. We can all debate these endlessly, but I'm going to take a shot here. Okay. Starting off with lightweight. We'll say 3,000 pounds or less. Ideally. Ideally, yeah. We'll start there. Then I'm going to go after power to weight. I'm going to say at least 210 to 250 horsepower to go along with that 3,000 pounds. I see where you're going. Those can be adjusted, of course. Sure, sure, sure. You know, all all the numbers, you know, citing on the the more or less is better. You know what I mean? (laughs) Definitely smaller proportions and therefore nimble by virtue of a shorter wheelbase. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my third one. And that translates to the fourth one here, which makes it probably a two-seat or two-plus-two architecture. Sure. Okay. FRSs, sure. 911s, mm-hmm. Hyundai Genesis Coupes, all those two-plus-two kinds of yeah, 300ZX. Yeah, ZX, yeah great sure. Example. They had them, yeah. And then handling feel, high precision and handling feel out of that. Notice I didn't talk about transmission because we can argue dual sure clutch. Sure we could. Sure we Being could. Being a true yeah. enthusiast car, it doesn't have to necessarily mm-hmm. be manual. We, I, you know, I didn't talk about having. It's got to have four hundred horsepower. No, it doesn't. Absolutely, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. It doesn't not, have yeah. to be new. It yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. have to be a convertible. It doesn't have to be all those things. Yeah. So they're very generic. I realize they're a little bit more generic, but. Every time I think of, oh, it's got to be this, well, then I think of a car that negates that. Sure. You know, some sort of cool car from the 60s. Well, yeah. that's an enthusiast. That's a mm-hmm. driver's car. Mm-hmm. You know, the E30 M3s that we drove. And sure. All sure. that kind of stuff. So I, I'm going there. Those are my five. Okay. That's I'm, a good I'm five. I'm going with that. It's a good we can, five. We can balance it, but I think yeah. of PDKs. I think of DCTs. Sure. Absolutely, those are for enthusiasts. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, those are those are my five. Okay, uh, I'm not going to necessarily think about this list because I hadn't hadn't really gathered this together yet. But you've got a really good list on there. But I would say you know it's going to be it's probably going to be a little less luxurious than you might like. Good, uh, good one. You know it's going to be a little louder than most of your friends' cars. Okay, it can go nuts. I realize. I'm not Both saying, I'm not saying in, go nuts. In, it's just interior noise. It's just going to be louder in yeah. the cabin and not quite as nice because you've focused on other things. Precision in the steering. Now, cars over the last 30 years, steering racks in general have gotten much, much quicker. I'm a guy I actually like a really fast steering rack. 
Okay. But that's not a requirement, but precision is. Yeah. You brought up yeah. the E30 M3. Hilariously slow steering rack. I mean, like, yeah. you, you feel like you're doing some sort of clown trick turning that car in a hairpin. It's just hand over hand over. What is going on? How I, exactly. I, it's, You're practically juggling with a steering wheel. It's nuts. It's great. But yet it's precise. Uh-huh. And when you move the uh-huh. wheel, you can feel the chassis move and you can feel that balance and that slide. So, okay, that's still precise, even though it's not fast. I prefer fast, but that's not a requirement. Sure. But precision has got to be there. Sure. And then everything has got to feel mechanical and without extra movement. That can be the way mm-hmm. the gears shift. That can be the way the brake. If you hit a brake pedal and it's nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, there it is. That's not good either. Very true. So it's got to have – I talked about slop in dynamics, but I mean in handling, but it, it follows through everything. I don't want to have extra movement. The less extra movement before I make a decision and the car does something – I mean, look, I'm not talking race cars where there's no movement. We are still talking street cars here. There is some lag time. But the more precise and the less extra travel in all of your posi- uh, movements, the better you're going to feel connected to the car. Sure. And then seats. Seats. You can have You're a right. you can have a car that is dynamically great, but you get into a corner and you slide around in the seat, and you are instantly less confident. Seats matter. Seats. We've got a couple of questions on here. I think you need to answer. Scott D is asking what Star Wars character we all should be, <laughs> and then Jonathan is also asking Gosh. about after watching Baby Driver. What are our best thoughts on uh, best racing movie, best chase movie? Oh man, and best non car movie with surprising cameos with cars. I should have I mean, sat down both, to figure that both out. Both movie, the, the, I, I the, can touch on that one at least. The, the car one's the car one's difficult. I think the best racing movie is Senna. Oh, good. good. I, I think it just is. That's got to be up there. I think Baby Driver is up there on chase scenes. It, it 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 may. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen some of the other real iconic ones, but it's up there. It's up there. Mm. And then I'm going to say one that surprises people when I say it, but I'm going to mention it here again. We had a person we met. We were explaining the show to her, and she's not a car person. And she was asking me car movies. And yeah. she was asking me car movies that she could watch to understand why we like cars. And I said, I'll give you a great one. And this shocked her. The original Pixar movie Cars. Okay. Okay. There is a sequence in there where the girlfriend, 9-11, takes Lightning McQueen for a drive, just to drive. Right, right. It's like a four-minute sequence. But it is one of the best capturing of why driving, just for the sake of driving, can be glorious. Mm. Great camera movement. Like They're living it. in a world of digital camera movements. They can do whatever they'd like. It doesn't matter. But the way they fly through trees, the way they press in on cars, this is it done exactly right. Mm. I realize it's a movie called Cars. I realize it's a Disney flick. I realize it's I, – I get all that. Sure, But sure. that little three or four-minute sequence does a perfect job of capturing the feel of what it's like to just take a great car on a great road and go, this is awesome. Mm. I love it. I remember that scene. I love it too. I think you need more time to work on the Star Wars characters though. It sounds like – I'm going to give you a couple. Okay. I'm going to give all you right. a couple. I'm all ears. I mean I won't know them but I, you know. I think – look, it's weird to declare my own Star Wars character. It really is. <laughs> it really is very strange because somebody's going to not agree with me. But I actually think that I would be the young Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan. Okay. All right. His his demeanor and the fact that he has this demeanor where he's – he I think he thinks he's smarter than he is. We know that Obi-Wan's <laughs> going – self-deprecating. We know that Obi-Wan's going to be wise. 
Sure. But he's not there yet. Sure. You know what I mean? And okay. he has his moments when you see it and his moments when you I just I feel Obi-Wan. And I honestly think you are very Han Solo. You think so? I do. Because Han Solo what capacity? Well, I'll put it in this capacity. <laughs> you are a guy who is immune to Star Wars. <laughs> Han Solo is a man that is immune to the Force. He knows it exists. Oh. He understands that it's out there. He wants a blaster and a fast ship and leave him alone. <laughs> okay? You are a guy. You have opinions that are well-formed. You're going to stand by them. And the rest of the world is the rest of the world. But here are your opinions. You're very Han Solo in that regard. Huh. I'm going with that. Wow. I'm honored. I, I don't know if I can qualify Chance or Edgar or Tom yet. I need some time on that. Okay. But I decided that that was you and me. I'm going to go okay. with those two. All right, Scott. Still TBD on that question. Uh, I want to answer the uh, the movie's uh, best racing movie here. I'm I'm really intrigued by the Ron Howard film Rush from 2013. Mm. Mm. I, that really spoke to me, not because it was just the Nurburgring, but Honestly, the storyline did. It's a very and good film. The it's story a very good around film. Nicky Lauda. I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by that guy. Uh, best chase movie and best non-car movie with a surprising car cameo are one and the same movie. You've heard me say it before. Ronan. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Ronan, it's just like <laughs> Baby Driver in that it was actually driven by professional stunt drivers. Yeah. And there's no CG. Yeah. Those were actually drivers driving the wrong way mm-hmm. against traffic at high speed. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Old Mercedes and Citroens chasing each other. Are you, are you kidding me? The original Bourne film, the Mini oh. Cooper chase, is one of those. Oh, that's up there too. That's a really good one. Because that's up there. Because some of the James Bond chases are cool, but some of the James Bond chases, because they have gadgets, get a little ridiculous. Sure, sure. But the Bourne chase is just, here's a beat down Mini and a bunch of cops there's a bunch of cobblestones. Let's get this done. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I like that. All right. What are the questions on here? Uh, I have like up? six, but I don't think we can cover them. So I wanted to cover this one because Tyler Houts wrote in on Facebook. And you know there's that game that you play. I can't actually say it because this is a family podcast. There's that game about uh, Mary. Who, who you want to marry, who you want to blank. Who you want to sleep wanna... with. That, that. Yeah. He's doing that for cars. Yeah. Okay? So his, his, his lineup here is this. One of these cars we get to track for the day, one of them we get to keep forever, and the other one we have to burn to the ground. Ooh. His three cars are the 991.2 S, so the 911, current 911 S, the Evora 400, and the Mercedes AMG GT. Really? Those are his three. In that order? No, no, no. No, those are the ones he's listing. Those, oh, are, those are the oh, three. For those us are the to three. Choose. So the question is what would we do? And I do have my answer. Oh, go ahead. And I suspect my answer will be very different than yours. The uh, the track for the day is the Mercedes. That car has a fantastic muscle car personality, and I would track that car all day long for the day, listen to that V8 growl, and be very, very happy. I've tracked it for all of three laps and was thrilled. Yeah, yeah, you have. So You've I think that that's, the, that's the car to track for the day. Okay. I'm taking home the Lotus Evora 400, and I'm burning the Porsche to the ground. <laughs> I'm I'm with you with the Mercedes. I want to okay. track it, but I'm flopping on the Lotus. Of course you are. Of course you are. I, You're going to create a Lotus tire fire. I know you are. <laughs> Burn it, That part baby. probably isn't too surprising to anyone, yeah. <laughs> Taking the Porsche home. All right, one more question on here about Top Gear USA, which is now Top Gear America from Cody on Facebook. He's asking us, what is our dream cast hmm. for Top Gear USA? And we can't cast ourselves. Totally fine. 
I'm going not with names, but with categories here, just because I think this would be interesting. Hmm. First off, a musician. Musicians taken in the world from a road trip perspective and from a driving music perspective. Interesting. And from a feel perspective. Okay. Did not expect that, but all right. Okay. Okay. Favorite musician. A pro driver, certainly. Somebody that can just ring the you-know-what out of the cars. Yeah. And then finally, an engineer. Somebody who Hmm. doesn't feel necessarily, but can dissect the thing and understands the mechanicals and can talk about all the rest of the stuff from a build quality perspective to hmm. those are my categories rather than going after celebrities mixed with, you know, sure, sure. All kinds of different categories and being very produced. I look at this as left brain, right brain and a pro driver. Huh? That's how I approached it. I don't want to follow up that because you've done that very well. I did not go there. Well done. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Man, thank you again for the questions. We're going to have to revisit some of these. For sure. uh, Please feel free to keep posting your questions. We're trying to do our best, but thank you for inundating us. This is great. A quick note about the pilgrimage trip coming up. Mm -hmm. The trip is really getting there. We're, We're on it things are happening there's still space available cars are being booked to stop we we are are. closing in fast yes yeah they are so please uh, consider that everydaydriver.com slash adventures for the annual 2017 europe trip at the nurburgring nordschleife and spa frankershamp you are cordially invited to come we are still working on the in the u.s track days uh Work is underway, we'll yep, say. Yep, yep. Things are underway. We don't have that. a whole trip to announce yet, but we are working the pieces as we speak. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, finally, guys, thank you again. If you haven't caught the Alpha BMW M3 piece yet, check it out. We're uh, we're really interested in your thoughts and opinions. And, uh, and that was a really, it. really good day. <laughs> yes, it was. Guys, thank you again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.